Good morning St James and welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon for Sunday the 4th of September. Our first Bible reading is from the book of Philemon, uh, one of Paul's letters and it's chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, to our sister Aphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favour of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do, but because of our love I prefer simply to ask you. Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while, so that you could have him back forever. He's no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brother, please do me this favour for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I'm confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing. Please prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, 
There's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his councillors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he'll send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and ask for God's help in understanding his word to us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the gift of your word and the gift of your Holy Spirit to bring it to life for us. Would you fill us again and speak to us now that we might hear your voice speaking to our hearts. Amen. So, um, looking at these readings, uh, obviously these are passages about budgeting. Uh, I just want to think, Jesus said you must count the cost. So I want you to think about the last time uh, you budgeted for something. You sat down, you worked out uh, how much something was going to cost, uh, whether you could afford it, how that was going to work. And because um, I can tell you the last time I did, uh, you know that we love camping uh, and we managed to get to France. We got on a ferry, we drove to France uh, and we had 10 days uh, in Brittany, which was absolutely fantastic. But it did involve a bit of budgeting. Um, I had to go and change pounds to euros before we left. And so you had to sit down and think, OK, how long are we going for? What are we going to be doing? Um, how many pounds do I change over? Uh, especially because before that, the question had been, how many euros do I get back? So exchange rate means uh, there weren't as many euros for the pounds I had as there have been previously. So that was a factor. It's like, okay, so uh, we're gonna so we're gonna buy our own food, cook it. We're gonna pay for a, a couple of trips out. We need to pay for petrol because we're driving. Uh, so it worked all that out. Did my budget, and that was all fine. Changed the money. And off we went to France. Um, loved the ferry. I slept. That's always good. Um, got to France, pitched the tent, uh, went and bought French bread and croissant and cheese. And oh, very, very happy. And then about halfway through the week, realised that because the value of the pound and the euros uh, has shifted uh, and because the cost of everything, as we say, has gone up. Um, the budget that I'd made wasn't working out. Uh, we had fewer euros uh, than I'd anticipated having at the halfway point of our holiday. Now, can you imagine being the parent who says to their children, um, right, we're going home early, or we can, it's, it's baked beans the rest of the week, um, that, that, that's just how it's going to work because um, I've run out of money. Uh, can you imagine the, the conversations in the family, the, the, the outrage that we were no longer having brie and French bread for lunch uh, or whatever else it might have been. Now, as it was, there was, there was a way around and um, I went into the next week's money and used next week's grocery shopping and transferred that into euros because you can do this stuff on your phone these days. We were fine. But that it's that that moment of 
I thought I had enough. And I don't. What do I do? Uh, is what Jesus is getting at in this passage. He's saying that uh, being a disciple, there's a cost. And actually, rather than hitting the cost and going, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't afford that. Look ahead. Plan. Think. Um, count the cost of what it would mean for you to be one of my followers. And decide ahead of time whether you're willing to do that. And he uses illustrations of um, someone building uh, building, a, building a house and running out of money halfway through. And then this uh, very visible public marker of a half-built house being there for everyone to see and everyone to know. You started building it, you've sunk that much money into it, but you couldn't finish it. That's, oh dear. Um, or you know, worse, being a king, going ah yes, I will I will defeat uh, that, those scallywags over there. Just call my army, off we go. While there are councils around you saying <clears throat> they've got more soldiers than us. <clears throat> yeah, can we can we can we just wait a second? Um, and that king, when actually someone manages to get through to him, they've got more soldiers. You are going to lose. We'll shift from. Right, maybe we'll change policy. How about peace? Who's for peace? I like peace. Let's go with peace. Um, We've got a modern day example at the minute. If you look at uh, the situation in Ukraine, Vladimir Putin clearly thought that he was going to be in Ukraine, knock things over, get rid of Zelensky and the the anti-Russian government, install his own government and be back home in time for tea and it's now day 193 of that conflict this isn't what Putin expected when he launched this offensive and now oh you know I pray there's a way for him to say face back down and and pull back but people are laughing people are, are, are laughing at his army at his forces um at the the gap between what he wants to do and what he's been able to do, um, which feels makes us all worried. You think if someone's got that much power and they're embarrassed and humiliated, what might they do? And that is something for us to continue praying for and praying into as Christians. But it's the same thing she's talking about about not rushing in. And we want people to be Christian. We want people to follow Jesus. But Jesus says, don't just kind of go, oh, yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll follow Jesus. Like, think about it. Think about what will be involved. Think about what it will cost you to follow Jesus. Because following Jesus means carrying a cross. It means dying to yourself. It means not getting your own way, not having what you want um, and having to put what Jesus wants first. And that's painful. There, there are so many reasons why I'd say to someone, oh, you should be a Christian, you should follow Jesus. Absolutely, you should follow Jesus. But I would be uh, I would be not doing my job properly if I didn't say, but following Jesus means giving up everything else. It means focusing on Jesus and only Jesus. Uh, we've had these conversation at various points over the last 10 years 
the most clear cut has been with those people who've come from a Hindu background uh, and been baptised here at St James, where we've had the conversation about the fact that you can't have idols in your house alongside a cross. It's not a Ganesh, Krishna and Jesus. It's just Jesus. The other idols have to go. If you are following Jesus, you are following just Jesus. And that is a, that's a cost. Actually, we have people uh, at St. James where they have um, had very difficult conversations with family, where they have lost um, contact. People have turned, their family have turned their back on them um, for a time or, or permanently because they've turned their back on Hinduism. There's been a real cost. Um, you know, we know that uh, we continue to pray for Yusuf. Now he's gone back to Egypt. Yusuf has, to, has decided to follow Jesus, has been baptised. But there is a consequence for him to standing up publicly in Egypt and saying, I follow Jesus. I have personally advised him um, to follow Jesus uh, in secret to begin with to find other believers that he can meet with that can strengthen him, but not to go straight in um, and, and, and blow up all his uh, family relationships and um, put himself at risk uh, of people wanting to, to kill him as a, a Muslim heretic. We know that in a number of countries, uh, people follow Jesus um, in secret because it isn't safe to follow Jesus in public. There is such a cost in those places to following Jesus. But actually, that cost is for all of us. But it's easier sometimes in the UK to get away with paying a little less. That is, uh, until something comes and disturbs that. Something comes and cracks our <sighs> smooth, relaxed, peaceful, tranquil waters. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I have to react in this way. There's an example in our other reading, which is for this lovely man, Philemon. Uh, Paul speaks to him uh, in glowing terms of the love he has for him, that he's a Christian brother. But Philemon has a problem. And Philemon's problem is called Onesimus. Onesimus is a slave. Specifically, Philemon's slave. And Onesimus has run away. So this is Philemon's property, has got up and legged it uh, and gone to another city. Uh, it's the equivalent of, um, I don't know, your car driving itself off um, and taking itself to, to Leicester or Sheffield or somewhere. Uh, it's like, well, that's no good to you. You can't use it. You can't drive it. It's in the wrong city. So Onesimus is Philemon's property. Now, Philemon um, is, is slightly powerless. Onesimus is in a different city. Um, Philemon's got to decide if he's going to chase after, he's gonna, what he's going to do. But while 
uh, Philemon is stewing at home about the loss of his slave, the property that he bought and paid for. Onesimus meets Paul. Onesimus hears about Jesus and comes to faith. And he starts working with Paul, sharing the gospel with people. And then you have this interesting situation because Onesimus has broken the law. Slaves aren't allowed to just run off. And so Paul writes to Philemon on Onesimus's behalf and says, Philemon, my brother, you lost your slave. And do you know what? I'm sending him back to you. But you need to stop thinking of him as a slave. He is now your brother. He is a fellow believer in Jesus. And that means the relationship changes. You cannot own someone else who is also an heir with Christ. Someone else who, who is one with Christ the way that you are one with Christ. Your relationship is changed for the better. Now, if you're Philemon, you think, great, I love that Onesimus has come to know Jesus. I want everyone to come to know Jesus. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. But I paid good money for Onesimus. And now you're saying he's not my slave anymore. You're saying that um, my car uh, is just going to be allowed to drive itself anymore. I, I don't get to use it this is my property in my account he's there as an asset and you're saying that's gone so for Philemon this is a sacrifice this is a cost both in terms of the financial cost of losing a slave but also the emotional cost like saying I was really angry with Onesimus he hurt me he broke the law and I, I want to punish, there, there should be consequences for this. And Paul says, greet him as if he were me. Love him like you love me. As the Philemon is there kind of going, oh. now we only have Paul's letter to Philemon. We don't have a reply. We don't have an account of what happened next. But you see, that cost, Philemon has chosen to follow Jesus. There is a, a group, a, a church that meets in his house. He loves Paul. He, he funds mission. He supports the church financially. And yet now he's being asked to suck up his pride and receive back the slave who left him, who ran off despite being his property, and he's to receive him back, not as a slave, but as a brother. To not punish him, but to bless him. Now, I don't know about you, when someone has offended me, blessing them is not the first thing that comes to my mind. But it is what God asks us to do. And so... When we talk about the cost of following Jesus, 
yes, there's a financial cost. Yes, we talk at church about what we give to church, what we give to God's work so that the ministry can continue. Um, we've had conversations about tithing before. But as well as what we give financially, there is a cost to following Jesus emotionally in that we don't get our own way. And actually, God loves people. Sometimes the people that we don't like. Sometimes the people that have hurt us. People that we would want to uh, to punish, to shout at, to to make them know how much they'd hurt us. And God says, this is your brother or sister. This is someone that I love. Don't you love them? And that taking of a ball of emotions, of, of anger and frustration and bitterness, and letting it go, is costly. But it's what we're called to do. We pray the Lord's Prayer every week. And it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The Bible is really clear. The link is God forgives us. We forgive the other people. We can't have a different standard to God. But that's hard. And that costs. Jesus says, follow me. And he doesn't pretend that it's easy. He doesn't pretend that it's all roses and it's all blessings and uh, wonder and rapture. Jesus says, follow me, picking up your own cross. I don't know who's offended you. Uh, I don't know what Jesus is asking you to do this week that is costly where your first reaction is no 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 don't make me do that but if we want to be jesus followers if we want to be his family we have to listen to what he's saying and we have to be obedient we forgive those who've hurt us we give to those who are in trouble we share what god has given us with with those around us we share the good news of what God has done for us with everyone we can. That's the cost. That's what God's asked us to do. And if uh, you look at those aspects of Christian life, whether it's giving, forgiving, uh, evangelism and sharing your faith with others and say, yeah, that's not for me. I'd ask you to reflect on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun, peaceful, joyful. Sometimes it is a hard slog. It is doing things that are right, but hard. Forgiving. Giving loving in spite of how other people treat us the only um, reassurance is that um, as 
Paul writes, God is with us. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with our spirits. We are not doing this by ourselves. We are not doing this uh, without God's help. So let's just take a moment and sit and listen for God's voice. Ask him what he wants us to do this week. What, what the cost of following Jesus is this week. And ask for his help uh, in paying that cost, in being obedient to him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we are invited to follow you. And in you there is life in all its fullness. Life that is eternal. But we confess that sometimes we expect only blessings from you, only good things. And yet you called us to face uh, a world that hates you, that does not accept you. So we ask that you bring to mind now what you want us to do this week. What the cost of following you is this week. In terms of where we need to give. People we need to forgive. Or friends, you're calling us to share our story of you with. Lord, I pray that you bring that to our minds now. And as we consider this, Lord, thank you that you've not left us on our own. Thank you that we are part of a church family. And that we are each filled with your Holy Spirit. Give us your strength, your power to follow you this week to come. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Uh, a reminder that tomorrow night, Monday the 5th of September at 7 o'clock, uh, we have our architects coming uh, and we'll have the plans out for you to look at um, some suggestions, some thoughts about how we might uh, change our building, things we might input in and things that might improve it. Um, come, have a look, um, share your opinion uh, and then PCC will meet at eight o'clock uh, and talk to the architects for themselves. Have a lovely week. Uh, know that God is with you as you take up your cross and follow him. God bless. Bye-bye.